Hi, I'm Suzanne. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. And we're here today with Mayor Simone, all the way from Los Angeles. How exciting. And it's her morning and it's our (laughs) evening. And Mayor is a self-proclaimed tantric goddess, tantric priestess, tantric whatever. Yeah. Interested to find out what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can start out with what does that mean? Yes. So I will answer that. (laughs) Um, In a world where there's so much casual sex or casual interactions with people, Tantra is kind of the opposite. It really teaches people how to look inside themselves, first of all, and then inside of another to to see that God, goddess, high being. In fact, we have an expression, namaste, which means I honor the divinity in you. Mm-hmm. And the divinity or the, the light in me sees and honors that, which is within you as well. And how did this come about? Because from what I've seen and read about you, you had quite a, there was quite a lot of trauma around sex in your early life. So how did you come to this place? Well, it was out of my search that one thing after another sort of fell into place. The first part being um, just, I I always had an interest in Tantra. And I think um, I I went through a phase very quickly where I was sexually active and, and violated and that, you know, my trust was, uh, a bit too open, and and it allowed me to open up some territories where I felt very wounded sexually, um, taken advantage of, not terribly violently, but you know, date rapes that just kind of went sour and and turned into something that was not a mutually beautiful experience, and it left me feeling harmed emotionally and physically. And when I discovered that I couldn't orgasm with a man with a partner, then I realized I was in trouble, that there was something that had gone upside down and I wanted to fix it. The first thing I did was I actually became celibate so I could sort of clean my slate Mm -hmm. and start fresh. Um, I moved into an ashram um, in Buffalo, New York, not in a place exotic, but in Buffalo, New York, we had a, a gathering of people who all learned meditation together and there was a 30 people in this place and a whole floor of women and a whole floor of men. And we meditated every day together, but we were all practicing celibacy. But while I was in my celibate phase, I started having these very um, hard to describe physical erotic experiences that were orgasmic, but it wasn't through physical stimulation. It was more through relaxing and opening and allowing energy to flow through my body in ways that hadn't felt open before. So I started experiencing orgasmic waves and I realized I'm not meant to be celibate anymore. I need to explore this because it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of um, women that we've spoke, we've heard from primarily on our TikTok channel are people that have not experienced pleasure or had some form of trauma early in their life. And as a result of that, almost go in completely the opposite way. They just decide that pleasure is not sexual pleasure is kind of off the menu for them. Mm. Um, And, you know, and a lot of older women, Mm. especially, I think once their libido starts to change, 
they feel quite relieved. As an older woman yourself, how have you seen your tantric practice evolve with your age? Wow, I love that question. It's twofold. Part of it is my own personal self-love time. I spend a lot of caring time just, you know, sometimes in the middle of the day, which is the best time for me, so I'm not tired, where I'll just take time to really honor and explore and... um how can I describe it? It's it's beyond masturbation. Sometimes it's more like a meditation mm-hmm. where I just feel like my body and every inch of me is a sensuous container. And I just want to open my whole being to fill up with this energy. And and so sometimes, you know, it's not even focused on peaks and climaxes and trying to get off. It's just allowing whatever is there. I use a crystal wand that I've been really charging up. It's made of rose quartz and it fits my body so perfectly, both on the inside and the outside. So I often sit on it before I penetrate with it and I just warm it up by kind of rocking and in a meditative position. I um, just you know let that gemstone sort of be the, <laughs> the corner, the basis of my energy um, expansion. And then I allow it to just take me where it wants to go. Sometimes I want to bring it inside my body and it's nice and warm because I've been sitting on it and rocking it. So it's not this cold rock, but it's a, you know, a nice warm rock. Do you think, (laughs) Um, sorry. Yeah. Well, do you think that? Well, I was just going to answer the other part of the question. Should I just say that? I'm also, um, I I work with men and women and um, (laughs) maybe prompted by this, I just posted an ad in a cougar website (laughs) (laughs) looking for younger men because why not yeah (laughs) you know they have a lot of stamina and i like to teach them so go ahead what were you going to ask me oh well it's kind of related to that really and that is that um do you think that this sort of uh almost spiritual experience of the orgasm is 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 very much a female experience of it because for men i I was Mm. watching a comedian today and he said well i just get a nice feeling around my penis area and that's you know that for him was what an orgasm was but very often for women it seems to be a whole body experience you know is that yeah definitely when the heart and soul are you know the emotions are brought into the experience it can be exquisite even you know a kiss on the cheek when there's like a whole body heart and soul connection can be, you know, ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Um, When it's not connected, I often feel empty afterwards or have in the past when I did those one night stands and, Mm. you know, just hookups. I, I, you know, definitely I'm not interested in that. It's sort of lost its luster long ago because I've discovered something that's just so much more rewarding that um, I think a lot of men haven't yet experienced. And, And until they're with a woman who is comfortable and knowledgeable about her own body and her own orgasmic um, desires and needs and rhythms. I, I think men generally tend to do what works for them. Mm. And I think the meeting of the two, you know, meeting somewhere in the middle can be an extraordinary combination because when a, when a woman has a capacity to relax into pleasure and slow a man down so that he's not overamped and overexcited and ready to come mm. any minute, then a whole new dimension right. happens. Then something that I that I feel is sort of a timeless bliss yeah. takes yeah. place. Yeah. 
And then that energy can kind of trickle up and become more whole body than just the tip of the penis. I think right. it's curious that you are seeking a younger man on a cougar site because <laughs> well, we have we have spoken to somebody who um, just only dates on cougar sites and because she likes the younger man energy. But I have to say mm-hmm. for myself, and I've done, and both Pete and I have done some tantra stuff individually. Pete, Pete went out mm-hmm. with somebody who he met at a tantra course or something and mm. i did some tantra work with a woman who was also uh no, involved I, in that i went on a see. tantra course as well okay <laughs> <laughs> that's where i but, met her yeah but um uh-huh. but one of Got the it. things i've noticed about older men which i appreciate and which i which i've noticed not all older men can it takes them a while to settle into is that as men get older they they do take on more of a feminine energy for me because, of course, mm-hmm. it takes them longer to orgasm. Sometimes they may struggle to get an erection. Everything mm-hmm. takes a lot longer. And frankly, mm-hmm. the fact it takes mm-hmm. longer suits me to a T because I, <laughs> I can just chill out. And I, I've, right. and I found that when I was younger, I was I was always feeling like I was in a race with the younger guys who were, you know, they were just on that, like they're on that train, man. You know, you got to get to the station. How fast we can. And I was like, I'm not going to get to the station fast enough. I know exactly, exactly. And I also would find that while a man was, you know, galloping along to that goal, that I would sometimes feel numbed out by that kind of intensity. Mm. And and then I would, um, if I felt anything at all, I would try to hold it back so that it wouldn't overexcite him. So then he would finally, you know, drop his load. I'd want, you know, so. <laughs> and then when he would try to hold back, he practiced some Taoist technique that was very strange, not at all sexy. He would tighten up everything, you know, just like, like that. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with that. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would hide my arousal because I didn't want to overexcite him until I learned that we can blend this energy and feed off each mm. other. And that's where Tantra comes in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, one of the things that we've noticed is that all of these different types of orgasms, uh, I discuss the fact that I'm a very clitoral orgasm focused person and I really mm-hmm. love my clitoral orgasm and I have waves of all sorts of other pleasures, but I don't define them as orgasms. That's me. I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel mm-hmm. all the things in the different places that I feel them. But for me, there's that kind of powerful, overwhelming clitoral orgasm, which is most, I suspect, like a male orgasm. And the rest for me is just like a range of nice feelings. But there were lots of women mm-hmm. that came forward and said, nope, nope, nope. There are, I have vaginal ones. I have, I have G-spot ones. I have this, and it became a bit competitive. I have to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it became kind of a little bit like I felt inadequate, if I'm really honest. It's like, I'm not, I'm not, oh, I'm not as super orgasmic as you are, maybe, or maybe I am, but I just don't know that I'm defining it in the same way. Have we become so, you know, has this kind of world of orgasms become almost, and women can be very competitive, um, you know, this place where people start going, 
well, you know, if you're not having one of those, then you're just <laughs> not having them. Like you're a bit pathetic. <laughs> yeah. And and that's a problem that can set up this goal orientation, which is the antithesis of a relaxed, blissful, erotic experience. Mm. Um, I would say, though, that we don't know what we don't know. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. We don't know what we don't know, and it's up to us to to learn, I think, about our own bodies because, again, I think men only know what they experience themselves. Mm. And um, my first Tantra teacher was a man, and I worked with him for a year. We did a lot of meditations. We had a lot of sexual explorations. But it never really, you know, made me shout, oh, my God. It wasn't like one of those experiences. Mm. After a while, he said to me, your next Tantra teacher should be a woman because women can teach you things about your body that men don't know. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that was one of the wisest things he said to me. So I started, like, you know, I'm sort of on the prowl. Okay, who is this woman going to be? Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I consider myself bisensual more than bisexual, but... I am certainly comfortable with most women who are in their bodies and present and love to be intimate. Mm. Um, so I, I started exploring with some of my women friends, and I've learned so much from them. <laughs> it's very true. Things that I just didn't even know, because the G-spot isn't visible, and it's not something that you can reach with normal sexual penetration. Mm. It literally requires a curved <laughs> kind of, you know, if a man has a curved penis that goes upward, it's like that's a prize. <laughs> but if it curves to the side or toward the back, it's like, okay, we need to find positions that are going to make mm -hmm. that, you know, stimulation. But what I also found and learned from Sherry Winston, who wrote the book, The Female Anatomy of Arousal, she's a nurse practitioner and she specifically focuses on sexuality for women. And I, I discovered that women have something I never knew before called vestibular bulbs, kind of akin to a man's testicles, but they're on the inside. And so much of our anatomy, our sexual anatomy is tucked away inside mm, and mm. hidden. So until we learn about it, we don't even know it's there. But when she started discussing it, I, it a lot of things made sense to me about you know, when I'm not fully engorged. She coined the term premature penetration. Mm which really resonated also mm. a lot with the whole class when we were studying together. Because when we're not fully aroused and, and those fluffy places inside aren't exposed, like the G-spot is a bundle of nerves that are kind of tight and contracted, as far as I can tell for the most part, and they only become exposed and accessible when there's enough engorgement internally that it allows this territory to open and blossom. Mm. And then there's suddenly places that I never felt before. Yeah. You know, as, as I was exploring this with a partner, I was like discovering sensations that I didn't even know I had. And I asked him, where are you? What are you touching? What is that? Because it was so extraordinary, but it was something that I'd not felt until I did. And then I discovered that, you know, it's something that requires that engorgement to, to become open enough to feel. Mm -hmm. Same with the cervix, which is something that I'm just now really, you know, excited to have my own discoveries of. Because prior to having discovered it, it was a place of sometimes pain and sometimes numbness. Mm -hmm. When a man would thrust too hard and too fast, it was and, and his length was, mm. you know, not a good match for me. At least not when I was ready to 
receive him, then that it would actually be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I remember one screaming in pain while a man was just getting off and, you know, on his wild horse. And I could tell he didn't know that I was in pain. And it was a, you know, it was one of those memories that imprinted me forever. I thought this doesn't work if he's in pain. And I mean, if he's in pleasure and I'm in pain, how do we make ends meet? What do you do <laughs> about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So now I'm discovering my cervix with using the crystal wand in a way that's very slow and very meditative and very present. And sometimes I find, again, internally all the way up at the cervix, the deepest part of the vaginal, vaginal canal, that suddenly something opens up inside. And it's not physical. It's more like an emotional opening. And sometimes along with it comes some emotional clearing, some memories that didn't sit well with mm. me that are kind of buried in the psyche of my body. And as I'm touching these places, these memories just kind of come up in order to be healed, forgiven, you know, released. And then on the other side of that is this even more sensual, sensitive, vibrating, pulsating feeling inside that was hidden behind those shields. Mm. Uh -huh. So it's a lot of unlayering to really discover what's inside. Uh -huh. And it's never too late to learn, Suzanne. And <laughs> um, how, how do you... Um... Just say how how do the men uh, exactly. respond to this? I mean, this this dearmoring and delayering. Uh, I mean, I, I don't agree yeah. with that comedian. I I, I feel it. I feel it all all, mm. all all over when I have um, an orgasm, and Great. some are better than others, mm. and and different to others. Um, but uh, how how what has it been uh, your your experience of? of how men have reacted to this sort of thing? I love that question because it's an amazing mystery to me how they can feel the subtleties of what I'm mm. feeling. Because um, I check in, do you feel what I'm feeling right now? And when they do, it kind of amplifies the feeling because it is so subtle and it's kind of not friction-based, it's more energetic. Mm. And when I'm able to feel them feeling me, it's almost like that flower just opens even more or the nectar of the flower comes spewing out, you know, and female ejaculation is definitely a thing mm -hmm. that I find um, increases my arousal. And it also sensitizes a man to the excitement that, that I'm capable of feeling when certain triggers are touched and things like that. I remember once to go, answer your question even more specifically. I remember in my early days of exploring and studying Tantra and reading about it, there was something that was referred to as the Maithuna ritual. And part of the Maithuna ritual was there was a lot of ceremony and, you know, pomp and circumstance around it, you know, and the, things that you say and the things that you eat and all that. But the part that really resonated for me was um, after arousal and penetration, we were supposed to be in stillness for up to 25 minutes, I think it was. Right. And, of course, my partner couldn't lie in stillness for that long, nor, nor could I, although I wanted to. <laughs> but one time we fell asleep together while he was inside and it must have been 20 minutes later, I woke up with this fire inside me that was so strong that I could almost not 
handle it. And I said to him, do you feel what I'm feeling? And he actually responded favorably and positively. And we were both just like in, in this state of shock. It was like something opened up that I, again, didn't realize was inside me. Mm. And in that moment, I didn't even know how to handle it. Mm. And later on, I learned, you know, that it's the, the more I breathe and receive and relax, the more that feeling rather than being so focused and like it was like I thought I, thought I was going to explode inside with fire. It just started moving and trickling and expanding and um, just becoming more of a whole body felt experience. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's it doesn't come from friction. It comes from that quiet place of just feeling and allowing and mm. opening. Yeah. And then I think a man can feel, I don't know what he feels, but he feels it. Mm. <laughs> Something similar to what I'm feeling. So that works for me. Mm. Mm. In fact, one of my partners says, you know, that he, he just can't wait. He can't get enough of that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is something unique. Yeah. I mean, when I was, when I really got involved in Tantra, which was in my forties and I had a couple of partners that were really into it. And when I got into the whole riding the wave and all of that sort of stuff, I have to admit it was pretty addictive and, yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it was completely and utterly addictive. And, what, and but I was, but my body was in a different place back then. You know, I was, I was much more responsive. I, I, my, I, I still had a lot of hormones, you know, flowing through. And so, I um, nowadays, I it, it, everything just takes a lot longer. You know, just takes a lot longer to get to that point mm -hmm. of where I get to the point where I think I might even be able to even get close to riding the wave. I'm just so excited that I'm getting close to anything. I'm just <laughs> it's just good to get in the water. I think I'm just, yeah. I think I can get to the finish line this evening. So I think I'll do that because, you know, not that I'm obsessed with that, but it's just quite nice every once in a while to be able to get to the finish line. But I, you know, I have seen that my body has it just responds differently now. And the, and the, and the way I was able to control some of that stuff before and really play around with it because I was juicy and it was, you know, it was all kind of happening in that 20 years ago. It's, you know, it's more challenging now and I don't, and I'm, and I'm, look, I'm fine with that, but, but I know that a lot of women have not explored their sexual pleasure at all you know and they get and they get to this age and they and if they wanted to finally do that what would your advice be for them you know think of yourself as a newbie a tantra newbie at 60 <laughs> what would you what yeah. would you say to them because i would love people older people to to explore this stuff because i think it's never too late you know definitely it's never too late i think um I would suggest avoiding vibrators for a while. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a big topic. Yeah. Um, however, there's a new toy on the scene. Maybe you've experienced it, Miss Clitoral Queen. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of has a sucking action. Doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. Oh, Do you like okay. It? On the very. Do you hmm? like it? On the very lowest. Yeah, frequency intensity i i like it sometimes as a warm-up or i like it combined with penetration mm. um i i like it a lot more than the vibration mm. 
because mm. it, it simulates more that sensation of being sucked. And that's one right. of my, <laughs> you know, clitoral stimulating yeah. techniques that I really like. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it's, it's sort of because you say it, it has a lot of the anatomical similarities to a male penis. Mm. I think it responds similarly to that kind of stimulation, mm. you know, up and down the shaft. Mm. I also have a toy that kind of does this with the clitoris going in the middle mm. of the two prongs, which stimulates more that shaft and the roots of the clitoris. But I think, I think <laughs> so. Those are good. That's something mm -hmm. that um, a lot of um, I, I didn't know until fairly recently, and I think even science was fairly reticent about it. And that is that the clitoris is a is a very big organ and spreads around all over the place. And uh, we had um, right. old men. We've just only just <laughs> reached the idea of finding the clitoris, and then we find that it's everywhere. <laughs> And um, you know, <laughs> hidden, right? finding uh, finding the ways to stimulate someone is about finding the relationship with that individual person. As everyone's stimulation is is different. I mean, uh, without yes. going into too much detail, it just men's different ways of masturbating is 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 interesting. You know to. Mm -hmm. to see how, how men masturbate or to hear how men masturbate and what it is that turns them on. Yeah, every single individual has a different thing that, that gets them going. And I suppose the thing with Tantra and with a lot of sexual experimentation is, is to find the to move from the generic that we know about to, to down to that mm -hmm. specific um, experience of the individual. Yes. And and we train ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of porn yeah. causes there's a certain rhythm and a tempo and a yeah. you know a, a drive with porn that brings a man to a climax That's fun to break. with kind of rapid intensity, right? And and it's usually very fast. So a man has to almost un unlearn mm. those things in order to or, or come with an open mind completely. Mm -hmm. I actually find, and I don't know, you know, what this is like in Canada. I mean, uh, in, in England right now, but I, I really enjoy the use of cannabis mm -hmm. as a way of opening the mind and opening the body to higher, more subtle, deeper, you know, other sensations besides that realm that we mostly live mm -hmm. in. You know, to, mm -hmm. to, feel more subtlety so to be honest with me that's one of my great aphrodisiacs and and recently I got some oil that a friend of mine makes and I was I was t I was putting it in my mouth I was putting it on my toys I was you know massaging my clitoris with this cannabis oil and just thinking I don't know it got me so expanded in my body mm. that um I think I'm gonna market it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to sell it <laughs> You know, in, in other countries, but I, I think it's helpful, you know, and, and when a woman has this oil on her clitoris and a man comes down on her, I think that, you know, we both get a, a high from yeah, that I'll experience. Bet. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does sound good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you some. Well, Getting it's... excited thinking about that, actually. But anyway. <laughs> oh, good. So I was going to say something about that. I'm really glad you said that because here's where I think the distinction is with with 
older women, maybe men too, but I'm going to speak for myself. I don't get horny like I used to. Um, But what I can do is feel inside my body in a way that I was going to say it's kind of a memory, but it's, it's beyond the memory. Cause as soon as I put my attention internally, as if like I'm closing my eyes right now, because I want to actually really feel it. And I'm, I'm just kind of pulsing my vaginal muscles in a way that kind of brings a warmth to that region. Mm-hmm. And then I can start feeling a sexual arousal that isn't even just horny or about desire. It's just about being present. I feel here and now this, and it feels really honoring to my body, and it feels really subtle but beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for big explosions anymore. They happen. Mm -hmm. But usually when I'm not looking for them, I think that was one of my biggest challenges in becoming more orgasmic and becoming multifaceted in my orgasms inside, outside, and wherever else. Is, is just to be present to what's there. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes what's there is an emotion that needs to be cleared before more pleasure can be found. Sure. Mm. And I've allowed that. Um, and I've been with partners where sometimes I would feel a little owie or a tenderness and I would just say, well, let's, let's just slow down for a minute and feel what's there. Mm. And in that process, it would become a little bit more therapeutic and his wand or his cock, if you will, would become more like an instrument to massage that tenderness. Mm -hmm. So we would kind of slow down from the excitement and go into a tender moment of emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what would come to the surface would be a memory, um, maybe even a negative, you know, rape memory. Um, Although I had cleared a lot of that. But, But in the process of, you know, feeling even the subtler levels of that emotion sometimes we would sort of together reach a new dimension of intimacy just by allowing that feeling to surface rather than pushing it back Mm. oh no i'm supposed to be having pleasure i shouldn't be feeling pain or i shouldn't be feeling memories i want to tell you a quick story though that really kind of was a turning point for me um i went to a workshop a tantra workshop in hawaii beautiful place and the women and the men one day were separated in different rooms. And this was a turning point for me to feel safe enough. We were all doing girl talk, talking about sex. Mm. And I found the courage to say, you know, sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, in fact, maybe even all the time, I sometimes I get to this point where I'm about to have an orgasm when I'm with a partner and then something just stops me. And it's like as if I'm afraid to open up to that deeper place. Like I'm afraid to let go and be that vulnerable. Mm. And I remember saying, it's almost like as if I'm afraid I'm going to die. And that feeling, that thought, those words never even came across my mind anymore. But there they were. And I realized that that fear of, you know, danger in sex was still kind of haunting me in the background. The woman who was leading the group said, breathe into that feeling and stay present. Mm. And as I started to breathe, I felt my body quivering. Mm. And I felt this incredible, uh, almost like a a tornado kind of coming through and clearing me. And before I knew it, my whole body was shaking and I started crying. And I can feel the emotion welling up in me even now as I'm describing it because it was so vivid and so transforming. Mm. 
that all the women in the group came like around me in this big kind of circle. And some of them were just caressing me lightly, not erotically, but just like in a a feminine, nurturing kind of way. And I cried so deep and I just bawled. And and then I found myself laughing. It was like these emotions were just spewing out of Mm. me. And it was almost like all the orgasms, because I felt this tingling everywhere. It was like all the orgasms that had stopped before they completed were like there, <laughs> ready to just come to the surface. <clears throat> and um, it just, it wouldn't stop. Yeah, yeah. It just wouldn't stop. So after a while, the woman said, okay, we need to continue the class. Are you okay now? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I want to just be out in nature. So I went outside and I took off all my clothes in this beautiful garden mm. And there was a fountain and I just got right into the fountain and took a bath, (laughs) like a shower. It was kind of like a christening. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just laid face down on Mother Earth and I just bawled and I laughed and I cried and I hugged the earth with such gratitude that I could feel something that I hadn't felt in so long. And did you feel, because I had a very, quite a similar experience to that when I went to hypnotherapy Mm -hmm. to get rid of some sexual Uh crap that had Mm-hmm. this lodged in my brain and I was feeling not right. happy with it. It was just mm. sort of settled there. And I had this tsunami sure. of this shaking tsunami crying, yeah. like all yeah. this uh, tumult. It literally, when you said, I think you used the word tsunami for me, it was like mm-hmm. a similar thing. I used the word tsunami, but afterwards I felt this enormous sense of relief when it was over yes. And I have to say, it was, it was like, it was really powerful and it makes me really upset to talk about this. (laughs) It was a really powerful moment for me as well. And I think sometimes this stuff gets stuck with us, you know, old, old memories, old, bad, just, you know, negative experiences, negative sexual experiences. I don't think, I, I think a lot of women hold on to that and they don't have a way of releasing it and so they just carry it around with them you know and and I think it's such a blessing when you meet somebody who can help you move that energy to a to the place where you can be free you know to to experience all the joy that there is in sex but yeah I think I think think Women, it never happens, you know, it never, for me, I knew it was there, it was stuck there, and I knew I had to get rid of it, I knew that it was, and when I went through it, it was very frightening, you sound like you dealt with it a lot better than I did, she said to me, are you okay, are you going to be all right, because I was literally, my whole body was vibrating, like, this this vibrational mm-hmm. energy was literally Sure. Filling my boy. It was very, I found it very frightening, to be honest. But I thought I was going to have a heart attack at one point, but <laughs> I mm, didn't. Mm, um, wow. But, but okay. you know, I moved, I moved through it. I said, no, I have to move through this. This is really important. Yeah. I need to get rid of this. It's inside me and I need to, I need to push it out. And obviously I need to get you. rid of it. But mm-hmm. I suspect that for lots of people, it just stays, stays stuck, you know? Yeah, I think people yeah. is the operative word there because um, men have that as well. I mean, I I, I have mm-hmm. memories of sexual abuse from when I was when I was young, you know, when I was a child yeah. still. And, um, and um, for a long time they were stuck and I kind of didn't admit them to myself. 
Um, yeah, sure. And, you know, only in my 40s really began to deal with it and contacted the police and everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's something that I I don't think it's peculiar to women. I think a lot of men um, have buried trauma somewhere yeah. um, that then affects totally. the way that they behave sexually as well. But I think we have a different way of processing or, or rather the the patriarch in the way our position in society um, perhaps allows us to process process it in a different way and to be much more aggressive about it, much more active Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And we can take it and, you know, a lot of men uh, express that sense of, of buried trauma through through violence and aggression, uh, and they find ways wow. of doing that. And maybe the real difference is that men find a more aggressive way of doing it, and and women don't. Women find this this more passive route, this more um, not passive, um, but but this more loving route, this more uh, this route that that takes or... them inside themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I think sometimes we do damage to ourselves when we don't express these feelings. Mm. Um. They become like armor. Mm. And I know for me, I was, um, you know, I I I put on a lot of weight because I wanted to hide. Mm. I didn't want to be attractive and and cause harm or you know feel like I was, you know, making a man lose his control and want to you know do something violent to me. I, I just didn't, I didn't know how to handle all that energy until I realized that hmm, I'm having a little memory. You know, I, I one time was hitchhiking, going back to the ashram, mm. and I got into a car with a man who I guess felt that he was comfortable and in his body enough to wank it out and start jerking off in front of mm. me. And I thought, oh, my God. And I put my hand on the door while the car is moving. And he said, are you afraid? Right. And I stopped and I thought, well, I'm not really afraid. Everybody does that. Just don't expect me to participate. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I felt like I had sort of triumphed because rather than feeling afraid, I just I confronted it. Mm. And after a while, the conversation became more interesting than what was happening between his legs. <laughs> And his, his erection went away, um, and we just carried on talking and, and became comfortable. That night he came back to the house expecting, I don't know what, he was wearing way too much cologne for an ashram experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little embarrassing when he came, but he really wanted to a, learn. be a good name for a cologne. Ashram. <laughs> Bring out the divinity inside you. Yes, it would be. <laughs> well, I'm gonna market Let's market that. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often think if you could capture the the essence of Amrita, the female ejaculation, mm. that that we could bottle that, and it would be interesting. I knew a man who actually did bottle, or he made a, a some kind of an incense. No, it wasn't an incense. I'm sorry. It was like an oil burning lamb, mm. shaped like a pussy. Mm. Of course. <laughs> and inside it, he would use a combination of female ejaculation and oils that he said would, you know, release these um, hormones and pheromones into the atmosphere. I don't know if it was true or not, but it sounded really good. Sounds like it sounds very much like Gwyneth Paltrow. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that keeps always coming up in our conversations is around this aspect. And you've repeated things over and over that have just re- reinforced that around communication, you know, around yeah. the yeah. importance of just being open with yourself and others about what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and how you're feeling at any particular moment and whether something is good for you or not good for you or you know whether you need to stop or to start and and you know for me that's something again that I really only learned in my 40s was about being happy being confident enough to to just be clear about where I was at any point, you know, and mm-hmm. when to say, go slow, go fast, or, oh, that feels lovely, or just stay there for two seconds longer, or, you know, what, whatever yes. it happens to be. And it, and for me, that's what it always boils down to is just be to, to understand that actually, once you open yourself up to that idea of just saying what it is that you're feeling that you mm-hmm. want, what feels good, how you like it, what other person likes all of that, 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 it, that sex and intimacy just becomes better. You know, yeah, you've got to stop being a, a passive recipient to become an active participant. That's, that's the difference really. Yeah. Right. With reinforcing positive, um, encouraging yeah. comments and feedback. Mm. I used to not want to say anything until, uh, you know, hoping that he would read my body language instead because I didn't know how to formulate the words. Mm-hmm. And and when I did, I was accused of being the traffic cop in bed <laughs> because I was always giving too much direction without enough approval and acknowledgement. <laughs> right? Can you relate? <laughs> yeah. You, you, know, I, you need to work out some hand signals and things. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> green, green, green. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things I do now, because I give massage a lot and I do erotic massage and awakening, I work a lot with women mm. and men. And and part of the work that I'm doing is like helping them find their pleasure and helping them give, you know, comments and feedback. And so I often say, you know, just hold on to my, wherever they can touch, usually my hip or my back or something, because I'm sitting next to them and, you know, Mm. doing my thing. And I say, you know, touch me the way you would like to be touched. And if you want me to go faster, just, you know, rev up the touch so that I can feel your body giving me energy. So that way the whole experience is flowing through their whole body all the way down to their hands and then into me. And when that synchronicity happens, then it's like we stop being two people trying to find that meeting point and we literally become more unified and the boundaries, the barriers, the separations melt away. Mm-hmm. And then it's like hard to, to then, then one person's orgasm becomes a mutual experience that's shared and that activates the other person's. And if you can move the energy through your body, you can live in that state for hours. You know, you can just really mm. bask in that feeling of this energy fluidly passing back and forth between people. Mm. And then there's no more question about anything because at that point you're just, you're just in it. You're feeling yeah. it. You know, I think it's all about getting to that place where there's that unifying connection mm. 
And then the rest is cosmic. It's just, you know, let's take a journey and see where it takes mm. us. What a lovely way to end. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, we haven't used the word cosmic Good. before. Well, this has been a lot but, of fun. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we, we're well, be- I could show you things. No, you well, know? we're basically saying, we have been saying the same thing mm-hmm. all along, that it's a journey and that you go on that journey together mm-hmm. and you, you find what it is that... Um, that does it for you, you know. Now, whether that's yeah. cosmic or not is a different question, but <laughs> but that's a, yeah. it's been a really, really good discussion. I think it has. I just want to add one note to that. When you stop being goal oriented about climaxing, yeah. and you allow the energy to just move through you and circulate around, and this requires breath and sound and movement to engage it in the whole body, then the urge to release becomes replaced by this feeling of transcendence. That's mm. when it really mm. does become cosmic because the goal isn't a physical release. It's more absorbing that energy, traveling, channeling it all the way up into the brain. Yeah. And then people see visions. I see visions. I see colors. I see mm. mandalas and geometry. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah. Oh, no, I do all yeah. that as well. It's like a total It's yeah. like a total star show out there in my brain. <laughs> uh, it right. takes me back to my pre- right. my oh, previous existences uh, philosophy lecture and somebody um the, uh, the philosopher I, I was working on said that what you need is is transcendence without the transcendent you know without an object that that you just need to transcend and i think that that is very fitting Thank you so much, Mayor. And we will be adding all your websites and socials and all of yeah. that sort of stuff. It's been such a delight to talk to you. Have a lovely, lovely day yeah, in thank Los Angeles. Thank you. I've enjoyed this so much. I wish you all the best in everything and all your endeavors. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for choosing and letting me uh, have this conversation with you. Lovely. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.